Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we look at another warning that Paul brings forth to the church in Colossae. Well, today we are going to be looking into another warning that Paul is giving this church in Colossae. In the last episode, we discovered that Paul was going to ask us this question of what are we being captivated by? Paul was encouraging us and challenging us that if we're not careful, that we can become captivated by the things of the age, that we can get captivated by the things in our life, even our own selves. And Paul was going to remind us and show us through these images of circumcision, through the image of baptism, through the image of the jurisdiction system, that Jesus is enough for us, that we have been made purified through him, that we have been delivered through him, that we have been set free, that we have been given a new name, that there is a new declaration over our life, that what Jesus did to the cross on the cross was enough. And so today, we're going to step into another warning. You see, Paul is going to go into deeper details about the very things that we can give into, the things that we can get captivated by. And to no surprise, Paul is going to fix our eyes on Jesus. He is going to bring these things to the light. And as it hits the light, there is a freedom, there is a hope, there is a new way that we get to experience through Jesus as these deathful things are exposed in us. So before we get into today, let me pray. Father, we give to you this moment. We fix our eyes on you. You are holy, you are worthy, you are faithful, you are merciful, you are kind, you are gentle, you are intentional, you are intense, your love is amazing. Father, we want to see you today, we want to know you, we want to grow in you. Lord, I ask that you would just fill us with your presence. God, if there are areas in our life that need exposure to the light, would you do that in and through our life, God? Would you expose these things that are in us that you are calling freedom over? Lord, would we experience your freedom and your love in a new way today? We trust you and we fix our eyes on you. Give us ears to hear. Amen. So in this next section that we're going to look at, Paul is going to give us a greater clarity about these initial warnings that he talked about in the last episode. So in the last episode, he talked to us about tradition, about elemental spiritual teachings, about philosophies. And so in this message, in this next section, Paul is going to bring more clarity in what he meant by these things. And then once again, Paul is going to point us to Jesus the one in whom our heart longs to know and to grow and to show in. You see, Paul is telling us that Jesus is enough in our life. These things of the world are going to promise things at a cost that Christ has already accomplished for us. 
Paul is once again going to be telling us what are we looking at and what are we desiring and what are we working towards? Because in a lot of cases, when we look at the desires of our heart and the things that we're working towards, we can be working towards and desiring things that are not of Christ. Some of these things are going to be desires that Christ has put in us, but we're going to be looking for them to be fulfilled in us in the wrong place. And so today, as we get into this passage, would we hear the words of Paul? Would we hear this warning? And would we give ourselves afresh to Jesus today? So this is Colossians chapter 2, and this is verse 16, and we'll go to verse 19, I believe. Yep, to verse 19, and this is the English Standard Version, but we're going to take it into chunks, so I'm going to split it up. So here we go. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are shadows of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Paul is writing to the church in Colossae. The church in Colossae would have been full of Gentile followers of Jesus and Jewish followers of Jesus. And so Paul is writing to these Christians that are coming from different histories, different backgrounds. And so what Paul is saying in this warning is that there were some Jewish Christians who were insisting that other Gentiles would follow the festivals and the moons and the celebrations and the Sabbath in the way that the Jews had always done. Paul is not saying that these things are evil, but what he is saying is that these things were a shadow of, in other words, they are going to actually, they were meant and they were put in place for us to be pointed towards Jesus. But it's like now that Jesus has come, why are you going to step back into a shadow when you were meant to live in Christ? Imagine the Old Testament was a story that was saying that there's this Olympic race that is going to happen one day. And the Jews had a rep- were a representation of the country that represented God's way, of God's being, of God's image. And so the Jews were given by God this training regimen with food and with actions, with rituals, with practice, with training, these things that they needed to do in preparation for the day where this race was going to occur. Now, here's the thing. If the Jews were successful in this race, what would happen is what was lost in the garden would now be restored to all of humanity. But as we know in the Old Testament story, they were not able to do this. And that is where there's these prophets that were prophesying about a Messiah who would be the new Israel, the representation that would step into this race and actually not only win the race, but fulfill the race and usher in a new race altogether. And so Paul, in this, in this passage, he's almost saying to them, guys, why are you following as if we are in the old race? Do you not realize what we have in Christ? The way that we were to train in the Old Testament is no longer applicable to this new race that we find ourselves in. For Jesus has done enough. Jesus has done the training. Jesus has live as the new Israel. He has accomplished all that was in the old. What was lost in the garden has been restored through Jesus. And so the things that we used to do to train and to develop and to grow in preparation no longer apply. 
So it's not that Paul is disregarding the training or these festivals or these celebrations. What he's saying is that they no longer apply to the new way that we now live because of what Christ has done. Now, I imagine for the people that are listening to this podcast, a lot of you probably don't follow these festivals from the Old Testament or follow the new moon and these these rituals and these things. And so for you, there is still a question that I think we have to ask ourselves. You see, Paul is painting this picture. He's saying, you guys are doing these things. You're following the tradition in hopes of gaining something that Jesus has already paid for us. And so for you today, I'm wondering, I think there's a question for us is, are we chasing shadows when we could be chasing Christ? Are we looking for the world to give us things that Jesus has already paid for, that Jesus has already promised to give us? What might these things be? We can look in the world for peace, for belonging, for significance, for acceptance for purpose, for hope, for joy, for pleasure, for meaning, for fulfillment, for security, and for identity. None of these things are wrong, but the way in which the world tells us that we can acquire these things are false. It's not that they are bad desires. It's the fact that the world will tell us we need to do more. We need to do less. We need to do all these different things. We need to reorientate our life in order for us to receive these things. And yet in Jesus, he tells us there's a different way for us to experience and for us to live through these things. These things can be found only in him. So when we look in the entertainment world, when we look to the accomplishments of our life, when we look at how many followers we have or how many things that we can acquire, we are looking for things, we are looking for security in the way that the world promises us to receive it. And yet we know as followers of Jesus that we can only truly experience these things through the love of the Father in the indwellment of the Holy Spirit by the Son. You see, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if He is the hope of glory, then why are we looking for hope in a politician? Why are we looking for hope in psychologists? Why are we looking for hope in the education system? Why are we looking for hope in our family? Why are we looking for hope in our relationships? You see, there is only one hope that is everlasting, and that is when we fix our eyes on Jesus. Because guess what happens when we fix our eyes on him and we experience the identity, the security, these things through him. Then when we approach our politicians, when we approach our families, when we approach the education system, when we approach the businesses, everything changes because now we have the mind of Christ. We have the indwellment of the Holy Spirit that shows us a new way to be functioning in these spheres that God is trusting us in. So don't chase things of this world where we can only find it in Christ. This is the first warning that Paul is telling us. But there's something within here that I want us to see. And that is that we all have wounds. We have pains. We have hurts. There's disappointments that we've all experienced in life. 
And in this moment, Jesus is telling us that he wants to fulfill these things. He wants to heal these things. He wants to restore these things. He wants us to be reconciled to the Father. The Holy Spirit wants to shepherd us into wholeness and to wellness. He does not want us to look for the ways that the world says that we can experience healing, for healing comes from Him and Him alone. Again, if you've been following along, you'll know I'm not at all against counseling or using medicine. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the identity that we get to have in Christ that brings healing and hope and security in a way that nothing else in this world can bring. Let's not forget that Paul begins this warning by saying, let no one pass judgment on you. In other words, Paul is saying, don't get caught up in the way that the world is trying to accomplish and receive these things. You see, the world's not going to say to us that they haven't found these things. The world's going to present itself in such a way that we are whole, in such a way that they have found peace, in such a way that they have found fulfillment, i.e. Instagram. Like, what is social media other than just being a highlight reel of our lives to say that we found this peace, we found this meaning, we found this significance? And so Paul is saying, don't look at the accomplishments and the things that others have said that they have experienced. Don't forget that it's actually only in Christ that we find our hope, that we find these things that we long for. Don't get distracted by the things that you see others apparently living in. There is a freedom that Jesus has paid for you and for me to live in. And Paul is saying, let's live in that. Let's know who we are. Let's have that show in the way that we live our life. So what's this next warning that Paul is going to give this church in Colossae? Let's read this. So this is verse 18. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worshiping of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason, by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. Paul is now going to bring two of his previous warnings together. So in the last warning that we just went over, we found the warning against tradition. But if you remember in the last episode, Paul also warned us of the spiritual elements of the world and of philosophy. And so here, as we read that passage, we see Paul brings both of these things together. It's interesting that he would do this. It got me thinking. And what I realized is that philosophy and the spirituality of the age both promise the same thing. They just find it in different places. You see, the spirituality and the philosophy of the day is looking for knowledge. It's looking for power. It's looking for higher levels of consciousness. And yet Paul is saying, do not be fooled by the promise that these things are offering us. Unless their knowledge is coming from the head of Christ, it is puffed up, it is arrogant, it is prideful, it is self-focused, it is self-preserving, and is with selfish intent. You see, Paul is warning us that there are going to be people in our lives, people in our cities, people in our culture that are claiming to have this higher level of consciousness. Some of them are going to say it's come from their education, and others are going to say it's come from their spirituality, 
But Paul is saying, do not be fooled by them. Do not be fooled because the wisdom of the day is nothing in comparison to the wisdom that the Father has to give us through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. The wisdom that comes from Christ manifests itself in kindness, in self-control, in serving one another, in peace, in hope, in joy. And it's interesting that he says that their wisdom, their ways are going to bring up arrogance. It's going to bring up pride. It's going to bring up all sorts of selfishness. I mean, how true is that? When you really think about the people who are most educated in our world or the people who think that they've had some out-of-body spiritual enlightenment, there's so much narcissism in both of those worlds. And Paul, 2,000 years ago, is saying it's no different now as it was then. It's the same thing. It's just a different head. It's just a different voice. But it's the same ideas being pushed. And it's just so crazy that Paul, even these years ago, is telling us that this is not a new thing. So be wary of these things. Do not get caught up in these things. There is an enlightenment that leads to peace and joy and love for others. And there's an enlightenment that brings selfishness forward. Paul is reminding us that what we have in Christ is enough. Paul begins this phrase, he begins this warning by saying, let no one disqualify you. Now this word disqualify is one that Paul has actually already said to us in chapter 1, verses 12. I want to read this to you. So this is Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul's using this word qualify. And I think he's saying it now in this second chapter to almost bring to forward our mind the things that he's already told us. So let's see what he might be saying. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It is Jesus Christ who has qualified us to experience the wisdom that comes from above. You see, that's something that's interesting about the philosophy world and the spiritual world that we live in. The philosophy world says we need to have more education, but this is something that for a lot of us, we don't have the means to get it. In other words, we need to have time, we need to have money, we need to have the intellectual ability to understand the concepts. And in the spiritual realm, we we say that we need to have these out-of-body experiences. We need to have these visions. We need to go to these specific holy lands. We need to go to these places that have higher energies. We need to be able to afford these stones that give us a new perspective. You see, in these both worlds, there's, there's a price of admission for us to experience the enlightenment. And yet, In Jesus Christ, through the blood of the Lamb, we have been qualified and He desires to dwell within us. And in that dwelling, we have an enlightenment. We have an empowerment through the Holy Spirit. We have a higher level of consciousness. We have a Christ consciousness. The renewing of the mind. This is for all people. The price of admission was His death, not ours. 
So Paul is telling this church, do not get fooled by the language of the day. Do not get fooled by the the ways that the world will try to entice us to experience a different level of consciousness, a different level of ability, of power, of knowledge. In these things, they're worthless in comparison to what we have in Christ. Paul tells us to hold fast to the head. This idea of holding fast to the head, he's saying hold fast to Jesus. This manifests itself through the micro and macro moments of our life. In everything that we are, in everything that we do, in everything that we say, in the direction that we are heading, will it be defined and dictated and empowered by Jesus? Not by anyone else. He has qualified us. We have enough in Him. There is more to discover in Him. So now Paul has warned us about the traditions. He's warned us about the spiritual elements of the world. He has now warned us about the philosophies. And in a very Paul-like manner, he's going to finish this section by pointing us to Jesus. So let's see what he says about this. And not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Nourishment, growth, health, wholeness. These are the things that we get to experience in Christ alone. These are the very things that the world is going to tell us that we can experience and that we can have in other things, in the traditions of the world, in the rituals that we can participate in, in the philosophies of the day, in the spiritual enlightenment, in the places that we are to go. But again, there's always a price of admission. It's always our own work. It's our own doing. It's our own ability that is going to be the ticket for whether or not we get to experience wholeness nourishment. And it's ironic because if we're honest, the spirit realm, the traditions, the philosophies, so much of it is driven by class. And in other words, it's driven by power, by those who have power. Those who have power have an opportunity to experience more power. But what about the marginalized? What about those who don't have the luxury of having the time or the material wealth to acquire these things? Where do they find themselves? You see, in Jesus, there is an equality that is experienced like no other that the world can offer. He invites all of us, no matter of age, no matter of race, no matter of gender, no matter of culture. He invites all of us to experience the indwellment of His Spirit in us, to experience the circumcision of Christ, the baptism of Christ. That in the courtroom of heaven, we've been declared new. This is an invitation. This is a reality that all people can have the opportunity to experience. It doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account or how much time you have in the week. Jesus is offering this to all people. There is a wholeness. There is a nourishment. There is a growth that can only come from God. He is faithful and He is intentional, and He wants us to grow in Him. As we hold fast to Him, Paul is telling us that there is a growth that will happen. 
You see, the growth that these things in the world are trying to offer us is nothing in comparison to the growth that God desires to see in us, to nourish in us. Paul is not writing to an individual. He is writing to a church. So this promise is not just for us individually. This is a promise for us as a community of followers of Jesus. As we hold fast to Jesus, he will allow growth to happen. He will allow nourishment to happen. He will allow unity to happen. I remember a professor, he used to say, if you want to see faith rise up, preach Jesus. If you want to see hope rise up, preach Jesus. If you want to see people experience love, preach Jesus. If you want to see unity in the church, preach Jesus. You see, he was talking to a bunch of pastors and they were asking him all these well-meaning questions, but he saw all these things being found in Jesus. And once again, this letter, Paul is saying, we can find these things in Christ alone. So as we go through this week, As we go through this winter, as we go through this spring, whenever it is that you're listening to this, would we hold fast to our King, to our Lord, to our Savior, Jesus? Would we be connected to brothers and sisters who are running after Him? Would we encourage one another? Would we be knit together in love? Would we hold fast to Him and Him alone? Would we not look to the culture or to tradition or to spirituality or to philosophy to try to fill things that only Christ can fill in us? Would we not buy into the lie that this is for an elite few, but would we step into this inclusive truth that this is an invitation for all people, from children to people of old? Would we not neglect the marginalized in our community? Would we focus in on Christ and would that be revealed in the way that we love one another? Oh, if you want to grow, if you want to be whole, if you want to be new, look to Jesus. He is enough. He is sufficient. He is faithful. The Spirit will guide us in these things. The Spirit will empower us in these things. The Spirit will give us the ability to be patient, to be kind, to be loving, to be self-controlled, to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Like we learned the other week, it's when our roots grow deep that we end up being built up and established in Christ. So will we be wary of the things that we are doing with our time and the ways that we are spending our money and the ways that we are living our lives, the ways that we are finding our goals and the ways that we live in the micro and the macro? In closing today, I want to ask this question. It's the question we asked last week. What are you being captivated by? Is Jesus enough for you? When you look at your life, when you reflect on your decisions, when you reflect on the way that you treat those around you, the strangers and the friends, the enemies, the people that annoy you, when you look at your decisions, when you look at these things, is it being defined and dictated and and ushered through Jesus? Or is it just yourself? Maybe you're listening to this and if you're honest, you listen to these teachers of the day. 
that are not teaching Christ. They're teaching how to how to win friends and make influence or whatever it's called. They're teaching us how to make money. They're teaching us how to be happy. They're teaching us how to how to experience new levels of consciousness through drugs and through rituals and through meditation and through exercising. Maybe you're listening to this and you're a follower of Jesus and if you're honest with yourself, you've been looking to the world to fill things. Oh, would you repent from these decisions? Would you turn from your ways? This is good news. This isn't bad news. This isn't to shame you. This isn't to embarrass you. Jesus wants you to experience these desires. He's the one who's actually given them to you. Those things that we mentioned earlier, peace, security, identity, meaning, fulfillment, hope, love. These are good things. These are things that the Father wants to give His children freely, but it will only be found in Him. And the beautiful thing is that when it's found in Him, there's no price tag attached to it. He has paid the price. The debt has been paid for you and I to experience the freedom and the love and the joy that comes from knowing the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. So would we find wholeness, would we find nourishment, and would we find growth that can only come through our Father who desires for us to live whole, to live true, to live new? Jesus, I have no way of experiencing these things without you. Father, we have no way. There's no other way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Father, we, f- we f- ask for forgiveness for the ways that we've looked to the world to fulfill us in ways that only you can. Lord, we repent. We say we are sorry. We fix our eyes on you again and we say yes to all that you have for us. Thank you for paying the price. Thank you for desiring to see us free. Thank you for not teasing us with these desires, but that you actually want to fulfill them in us and through us. Thank you that we have the opportunity to love those around us in the way that you call us to, in the way that you love us. Oh, Father, you are so patient. You are so kind. Jesus, I I ask that no one listening to this would feel embarrassment, would feel condemnation, would feel judged right now. But Lord, would they hear the invitation that there is more in you than that is in the world? We fix our eyes on you today. We trust you, Jesus. I ask that as we go throughout our week, as we go throughout our month, whatever season we find ourselves in, that we would be able to be so rooted and grounded in you. Father, for some of us, there's deep pain in around these areas of belonging. There's deep pain in around these areas of acceptance. There's deep pain in around these areas of wanting significance, of wanting our lives to matter. Holy Spirit, you are the great shepherd, and I ask that you would shepherd our hearts, that you would bring the things to mind that need to be brought up, that you would set us free through your truth. Thank you for your gentleness. Would we listen to your still, small voice in the weak? Would we make space for you to do what only you can do, to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring reconciliation? Thank you, Jesus, for looking at us and saying we are worth the price. You are so good and we trust you today. Amen. 
Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in this has encouraged you. If you're wanting to stay connected and up to date on what is going on with this podcast, the best way to do that is to subscribe to this channel. You can also stay up to date through following us on our Facebook and Instagram page at the JMP Cast. I hope you'll consider joining me as we continue to ask this question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have an awesome day.